1: Hi there, and welcome back to the Strong by Design podcast. I am Coach Tanya here with you today, and I'm joined by my lovely colleague and my friend, Samantha Harris. Welcome, Samantha. Thanks, Tanya. So, what uh, Samantha and I are talking about today is the M word, menopause, All right. This is something that, you know, um, obviously this, this show is definitely geared towards our female audience. However, I am going to suggest, you know, men, husbands, you might want to listen into because it might actually help shed a little light on the situation for you as well. Because this is something, if you were born a female, menopause is something that is going to be a part of your life. You can't avoid it. Um, now for Samantha, who's nowhere even near that phase in her life, but being a woman and knowing that, you know, th- this is something that is going to happen. Um, right. There's questions. There's, there's a lot of questions. And, you know, the thing is, is it's kind of like a lot of things in life. You can sort of wait for something to happen and then sort of start asking the questions and dealing with it. Or you can kind of go into it with like, or beforehand thinking, okay, you know, this is something that's going to be coming up in my lifetime. What can I expect? How do I prepare? So this is what we're here talking about today. So I sometimes refer to it as the madness of menopause because there's a lot of jokes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of jokes about menopause and stuff. But um, so, yeah, I have Samantha sitting here with me and she's Mm -hmm. got questions and hopefully I have answers and I still have questions and it's just something we're going to discuss. So, I mean, let's get right into it. Yeah, let's get right into it.
2: it. Okay. I mean, I guess my first question is, what is menopause? Can you walk us through what, sure. what it is, what it looks like? Sure. Who it affects?
1: So, I mean, most most of us kind of, you know, we have an idea of what it is. Okay. Um, but technically, giving that very technical definition, it's when a woman has gone 12 months consecutively, 12 months in a row with no menstrual cycle. Now, the tricky thing, or not really the tricky thing, but what can sort of be the little bit of a aha, you know, fooled you, is that prior to actual menopause, when a woman is in her perimenopause phase, she, you know, we're going to talk more about this in the podcast, but there's a lot of changes happening in the body. So, a woman might find that she's missed her cycle two months, three months, even five months, and think, oh, I'm in menopause, and then month eight, boom, right? So, um, if you are in that in that phase right now and you' find you haven't had a cycle in a few months it doesn't necessarily i mean there's a, it's a good indication that you might be but it's not one hundred percent certain that you are in menopause until you've gone for twelve months so you know it it's it's a normal natural thing that happens um, we're gonna you know we can't we can't crawl under it. We can't crawl over it. We can't dig around it. And basically, it just has to do with getting older as a woman because we go through these phases in life where we hit puberty, then because um, that's getting the body ready to be able to become fertile and bear children, and then we go through pregnancy and childbirth and all of that and we get to this this age in our life where that's really not what we're meant to be doing it's you know we're kind of at a, a point in our life where we're supposed to be able to sit back and you know our children are raised they're grown and now we can have a little bit of me time yet um it can also feel like a pretty tumultuous time as well so the short answer to that is 12 months no cycle okay okay
2: yeah So around what average age, you know, should people expect that to happen?
1: Okay. So typically the
2: average age is
1: around 51. Now that doesn't mean a woman will not enter it early, but typically average age is somewhere that early fifties. Now there is some evidence to support that a woman is going to enter menopause at the same age her mother did. So if you're kind of really wondering, you should want an idea, talk to mom and ask her, it doesn't mean 100%, but there's a very good chance that you're going to enter menopause about the same time that your mother did. Now, that's not taking into account. There are um, there are situations where menopause is medically induced for various reasons, but that's a whole other topic that has to do with health concerns, issues, treatments, and things like that. So average age being 51. Um, you know, in talking with women, you'll, you'll hear women that, that's, you know, entered menopause at 45 and, and some that didn't enter till 55. So we pick 51 as kind of the midpoint and, you know, somewhere five years on either side of it. If you, especially when you start to notice some symptoms, that you might be having, that your body's changing and you're just not feeling the same, you know that it is, it's coming. It's, it's on the horizon. And it's actually, um, it's a good time to sort of take stock, take stock of things in the body, what's going on, what's not, and, and all of that stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Awesome. So what are some of the signs and symptoms um, women should be on the lookout for? Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is a little bit of a Pandora's box only
1: because when I actually, cause you know, I've been working on a, like a menopause mm-hmm, project right. here and doing a lot of writing and researching. And what's really fascinating is that there's some new research and, and, information out there that's like, wow, you know, this is stuff that our mothers didn't know that, you know, we will have the opportunity to kind of go, okay, this is something I can use. But actually, there are documented 34 different symptoms. So, that just gives you an idea. of what. It's a very big umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a lot to pull from. And I want to make it very clear before I talk about some of the more common ones is that. Your you know, you have a genetic blueprint, I have a genetic blueprint, your daughters have a genetic blueprint. So while we are all going to experience menopause, how we experience it is going to be very different from one woman to the next. So it's great to sit down and talk with other women about, you know, what they're going through and how they're dealing with it. But it's kind of I, I kind of make the analogy back to um, you know, when women share labor and delivery stories. I mean, childbirth is what it is, but your labor and delivery isn't going to be exactly the same as your neighbor or your aunt or mm-hmm. your mom or your cousin. Right. So, menopause is the same because some women, and I'll loosely use the term breeze through it, but tend to breeze through it much more easily than other women do. All right? So, I'm not going to talk about all 34 symptoms, <laughs> but there are a couple that are much more common that pretty, pretty well... Any research study that I looked at, any women I talked to, these were always sort of mentioned. They they were kind of always in the top ten, and that obviously that's there's the changes in your menstrual cycle because eventually it's going to stop. So that is something that's going to start in your perimenopause. It's going to start changing, lighter, heavier, very infrequent, um, hot flashes. Which I think even if even if you've uh, you know you're not in menopause, you haven't gone through it yet, but you say the word hot flashes, most people know what that means. Night sweats. Um, a big complaint with women in menopause is weight gain. That, that can be a real struggle and a challenge for women who are going through menopause. Um, a change in libido, a lower, you know, a lower libido, really extreme fatigue, um, an increase in UTIs or getting UTIs, whereas before, if you've never had them. Okay. So that, that can be something that can be a trigger like, okay, things are changing. Thinning hair, insomnia, um, and depression and mood swings. Okay. Now, You know, all of this, too, is very much it's tied to your hormones, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because what happens with menopause is we have estrogen level, you have your estrogen and your progesterone that, you know, tend to throughout your life be in balance, or at least try to stay in balance. And when you hit menopause, that balance is like gone. There's just the balance is not there. Your estrogen, your progesterone, cortisol, thyroid, and testosterone are all in flux. And so that's what is behind all of this Mm -hmm. sometimes craziness. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you find our show helpful in any way, Please let us know by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Your review will help us reach more listeners and continue to change lives. Let's get back to the show.
2: So you mentioned this a couple of times before, um, perimenopause, premenopause. What are those? Okay, so let's clear that up because even I was – I actually had a different – I mean, I
1: uh, – how do I say this without butchering my thoughts here or butchering the words? Okay, so we've probably all heard the term pre-menopause, perimenopause. And sometimes in some of the some of the stuff I was reading, reports and articles I was reading, they use those words interchangeably. But I think we need to clear the air a little bit. Pre-menopause is no symptoms. Like you're just pre-menopausal. That's it. Your life is what it is. Your body's doing what it's budding. Um, you're still getting... You're still getting your cycle, and you're still also considered to be in your reproductive or fertile fertile years. And there might be, I mean, I think women, if you're a woman, you kind of understand this and know that throughout your life, your body sort of seems to be in, just hormonal changes. They just sort of happen. Oh, yeah. They happen. They, you know, they happen. They just happen. Yep. (laughs) Now, -hmm. while we can identify four very distinct hormonal phases of a woman's life, even in and between all of that, there's still hormonal fluctuations happening, okay? so. Um, premenopause, no symptoms. It doesn't mean that there isn't hormonal changes happening in the body, but they're not happening to a point that they're causing some really noticeable things. You're going, oh, like what's going, this is really different. What is going on here? perimenopause, on the other hand, is when you actually start to experience your symptoms of menopause. So changes in the menstrual cycle, lower libido, hot flashes, insomnia, some of those symptoms that I I mentioned, as well as the other 34 that you can Google and take a look at. Um, So uh, perimenopause is you're going to start noticing some changes. And what that is sort of what you can take away from that is that, okay, changes are happening. They're going to continue to come my, you know, progesterone is dropping and so is my estrogen. Mm -hmm. And that's what's causing it. You're not going crazy. You're not doing, because that can, you know, it's sort of this, it's sort of like this circle thing because changes are happening and some of the changes definitely affect how a woman's thinking and feeling, affects her emotions. and, And, you know, this is when we talk about the mood swings and the depression. So that can be Um, That can be a really big thing for some women going through menopause. So while they know that there's like a biological, you know, there's these changes happening in their body that they have really very little control over, progesterone's dropping, estrogen's dropping, cycles changing, I'm gaining weight, I feel lousy, I'm just ticked off, (laughs) then I'm sad, then I'm happy. It can, it can start to make a woman feel like she is kind of losing her mind a little bit. And the people around her can sort of make her feel like that too. Mm-hmm. So, if there are any men listening or listening with their wives, um, this is a really good time for the two, the two of you to have a really good talk. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's a good time for a woman to go, look, this is what's happening with me here's what I'm, here's my plan of action to sort of get through it with with a better experience, but you need to know that this is what's happening. And men, you need to be able to go, okay, (laughs) you know, like, do you hug the cactus or do you give her chocolate? Does she need a (laughs) hug? Does she need space? But instead of, yeah, because (laughs) for men, uh, you know, for men, they can be standing there. Men are fixers, right? Mm -hmm. Leaky faucet, fix it. Hole in the roof, fix it. Flat tire, fix it. Wife in menopause, can't fix it. But if you can understand and accept, okay, she's, she's having a moment, she's having a moment and you can just sort of deal with that, it's going to make some of that easier going through it because
2: this can last a few years. Sure. You know, it's not like a couple weeks thing. Sure. <laughs> well, and, and I'll say it's kind of a side note, but on the same path, like birth control can mm. do the same thing. Like you're talking about these symptoms. I'm like... Are you sure I'm not a menopause? <laughs> because some of those are so applicable. Uh, yes. but it's just the hormonal changes and shifts that birth control creates. Absolutely, um, a- absolutely. And I've had it's very similar.
1: No, it, and I've had clients say to me, "This, this, you know, this resembles or is similar. These some of these symptoms are mimicking symptoms." Or the way I felt when I was taking birth control. Yep. Because again, it's manipulating hormones in your body. Now, one, right. with birth control, you're taking something to do it for a reason. Right. Menopause. Well, the reason is is the reason is is I guess if you want to look at it whether like from evolutionary standpoint or scientific or however that you know you're you're born and then we go through this growth and ultimately we go into like a, a slower phase of life. So that amount of estrogen and progesterone balances aren't needed. But in order to, you know, it, it goes through this really, this flux state till it kind of evens out and you're like postmenopausal. It's kind of like,
2: whew, okay, marathon's over. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Okay. So jumping back into that, you say postmenopausal, what age range? Um,
1: yeah. Okay. So, menopause, again, we said average age is like 51. So, a woman may be, may be in menopause at 45. She may be in it at 55. And that whole sort of trend, that whole phase, and I actually like to call it a transition because it's not like, okay, I'm in menopause, so I'm not getting my cycle and that's just it. Like, there is sort of menopause, there's nothing linear about menopause at all. It's a dynamic process. It's a mm-hmm. constant motion sure, all the time. And it can last up to 10 years. Now, for those of you thinking, oh my gosh, I need to go jump off Skyway Bridge. <laughs> oh gosh, you don't do that because here's the good news. So, and there, yes, there's very good news with this. Menopause, you know, it, it, that doesn't mean it's going to last 10 years for you. It can last that long. However, the symptoms tend to become less frequent and less intense. Now you can increase the chances of that by doing a few things to really look after yourself. And I'm not saying like we can't cure menopause, because this isn't a disease. This isn't something that needs to be cured or should be cured. This is actually a process your body has to go through. So we can't stop it. We I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like if we could take something to stop it. I I think that could be a whole lot worse. Um it's a natural, normal transition. It's not a disease that needs to be cured or should be cured. Your symptoms are going to be your symptoms. And if it lasts for five, seven, or 10 years for you, you can take comfort knowing that it may come in like a lion, but chances are very good it's going to go out like a lamb.
2: Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, a so, Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking forward to, to any scenes, of it. But- Samantha does all of my... Um, Anytime I write reports and articles and stuff, <laughs> Samantha is my proofreader. So the last, um, the last thing that I wrote on menopause was quite a big reading project. I felt yeah. very bad giving it to her because Samantha, <laughs> if those of you that listen to our men, um, listen to our menopauses, listen to our podcast or, you know, see our YouTube channels or anything that we do in social media. Samantha looks after everything. If it wasn't for Samantha, things would be a disaster. Um, so she's already, you know, completely buried with work and projects and she always comes through and she always does 110% on everything and then I throw this like encyclopedia at her to read and it was the
2: menopause one and in one of our meetings she mentioned something like, I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. not looking forward to menopause. I'm not looking forward to getting old. Like I am, but I'm not, you know. Yeah, it's bittersweet. It is. It's bitter. It's going to happen. I know.
1: It's coming. It's coming, but it it doesn't have to. What I really hope with this podcast is we can Mm -hmm. sort of take some of that away from a lot of women and like, okay, it's going to happen, and yeah, sure, you are going to have it. I have it because I I am not in it. Um, I know that I'm. I know that I'm in Perry, and I'm noticing changes. Although I have to say, so far, nothing's been really like you know. I I'm, I'm noticing changes, and I'm like, okay, I don't really like this, but it's manageable. But I hope what we can do is sort of alleviate some of that anxiety and give women, you know, that that opportunity to understand that y- it, you can definitely get on it like a roller coaster with no seat sure. belt and no safety bar, or you can get on the roller coaster with the safety bar, with the seat belt, and be able to control the speed at times.
2: Sure, you know. So, uh, stemming off of that, what can women like my age or right. not anywhere near menopause? do to be proactive to just keep great our bodies healthy question. beforehand great question so awesome. if you're listening and you're like you know young and vibrant
1: and youthful like samantha this is the, the, these are the you're the women i really love talking to about this because some people be like well why like they're they're not in menopause they're like years away from it but that is a great question because like you use the word proactive and it's like with anything you know anybody that's we're all getting older so, by the time you're already in your 70s and you have no mobility and you, you, know, you feel lousy and you're carrying this extra weight around, that's you know, it's not the optimal time to get started with looking after yourself. It's great, though, if you kind of recognize that and think, I need to do something. That's great. But if you had started that in your 20s and 30s, just think of how different that 70-year-old would look sure. and feel. It's the same thing with menopause. Now, we get away with a lot in our youth, too. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get away with a lot of mm-hmm. stuff, right? Now, all of a sudden, that night out with friends and dinner and, and a couple drinks and dessert, it's, it feels a little different the next morning. Oh, yes. You know, it's a little harder to get going, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly not suggesting that women have to give up their fun. Give up the things that they like and live a life of chicken and broccoli and green tea and exercising seven days a week. It doesn't have to be like that, but there are definitely some really key things that you can do and you can start doing them now. Um, to actually, and I call it give your, you know, a, support a better experience because you're going to experience menopause. I can't give you a formula to not experience. You're going to. So number one is nutrition. And, you know, I'm all about nutrition and food and all that. Like, and I, and I love to eat and I love food and I love to cook for people. I love to make them fat and happy, but (laughs) I also like to see people healthy and well. Sure. And number one, my number one thing would be make your nutrition a priority. And again, it doesn't mean you have to eat so strict and deprived for your whole life. Just make it a priority. Make sure you're getting, you know, lots of whole foods, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm all about clean eating and eating whole foods. You know, have your treats. Have the have the treats that you like. But make, I mean, let's be honest. Most people know what eating well looks like. Right. You know, it's just making it a priority and doing it. Yeah. And come up with something that you can stick with. You know, make a plan you can stick with. If you, if, if you know, let's say, Samantha, and I know you're not like this, but let's just say you're... Eating lifestyle was a lot of drive-throughs, a lot of fast food. You know, which you know, a lot of people can make that excuse because people mm-hmm. are busy. I mean, you are one of the busiest people I know. You got two young kids; you, they're in school, they're busy. You handle everything here. You you know, you've moved recently. You have so much new puppy plus <laughs> the dog that was already there. You got lots going on. So there's yeah. a lot of excuses that can be made. So I'm not, again, I'm not saying don't make it a whole other job. Just start making some changes. If that is you, you out there listening, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going, "Mm, this is me, this is me. I I know I need to make some changes, then make those changes, but start with something that you know you can do and keep up for at least five days, Mm -hmm. five days, seven days. Maybe that is, you're going to start bringing your lunch to work. Do that for five to seven days consecutively. Give yourself a pat on the back. Sure. Celebrate that do another five like that. And when that becomes really kind of like just easy, like it's not like you're thinking about, oh, I have to make lunch. Because the first first four to five days, you're going to be like, oh, I have to make lunch tonight or I have to make lunch this morning. It's an adjustment. But when that becomes less of like a new thing that you have to do, it's just something that you do, then take on something else. And little by little, you're actually going to be creating a new pattern of behavior that you can stick to that's going to support you know, better health, better quality of life right now. And that is huge going into menopause, huge.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you're enjoying today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to com. Let's get back to the show.
1: Things, uh, when it comes to prioritizing nutrition, make sure you're getting, you know, good quality protein lean proteins, um, quality carbs. Yes. I said it carbs. You can eat carbs. <laughs> Just maybe not all the time in the form of a French fry, <laughs> right? Whole grains, mm-hmm. vegetables, fruits, things like that, that have lots of fiber and lots of other good things, vitamins and minerals, healthy fats, things like avocado, coconut, um, like again, most of us know what he- eating healthy looks like, feels like, sounds like. The one thing I do want to mention though, when it comes to nutrition is phytoestrogen. So, these are foods like tempa tofu
2: because mm-hmm. for
1: a while there, I think it was back in like the late 80s, maybe early 90s, maybe more. They made a huge kind of, they had a huge influence um, in the public as far as this is something great, yeah. you know, to help women with menopause and to help with things like hot flashes and and all of that. Now, I would not say don't do it. If you're somebody that things like soy, edamame, tempa, those things are a big part of your lifestyle and eating now, and you don't have any issues with it, don't fix what isn't broken, right? But if you think that all of a sudden you need to start eating this way because it's going to make a huge difference, I would caution you. um, I would just caution you on one element or two. And one is if you have the BCRA gene, Or if there's a family history of breast cancer, Mm -hmm. you really need to talk to your doctor before you start including any phytoestrogenic foods into your diet. Sure. Okay. So that's a big, uh, pay attention to that, please, ladies. Yeah. So nutrition, what's next? Ah, exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Exercise. Now, um, again, this, this isn't like now you have to buy a gym membership. You have to start going to the gym. Just start moving your body. Now, if you're already moving your body, great. Move it. Maybe move it a little more. Maybe add an extra 10 or 15 minutes onto your walk or your bike ride. If you're doing one Zumba class a week and you love it, fit a second one in. Um, The key is to find something that you really like, because if you like it, you're going to do it. Right. Right. If you don't like, you're a runner, you love to run. I hate running because I'm not good at it. It hurts. Sure. (laughs) And if somebody said, you have to run, I can tell you right now, I just wouldn't exercise at all. If that was my only option, I wouldn't do it. So find something that you like, because then you're going to do it and find somebody to do it with too. Like if you're not good at right now being consistent with exercise, find a buddy, you know, find a buddy because then it becomes a bit of a social event. And then you're talking Mm -hmm. before you know it, half an hour's gone by and you don't even realize it. Um, And if you're needing some ideas, then check out our YouTube channel. Critical bench on YouTube, we've got thousands. Oh yeah. Thousands lots of videos. Of follow lots. along, stretching, mobility, flexibility, workouts. You home. name it, we've got it. We've got it. So <laughs> if this is you and you're needing some ideas, there you go. Go to us on YouTube. Uh, what else? Stress management. Which stress level like Samantha?
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so how we do you have enough time for that? <laughs> <buddy>? <laughs> That's a whole
1: tune in next week. <laughs> okay. How, let me just ask you how do you or what do you do do you have a stress management plan what do you do to manage stress how do you deal with stress cope with it
2: um i would say running for me is one i just mm. i get outside i get some fresh air clear my head and i can just breathe even yeah. if the run turns into a walk it doesn't matter mm. like i'm outside and did it's you peaceful. all hear that uh-huh ah. it doesn't have to be running all the time See? um also, my husband's really good at seeing kind of when I've hit my limit and he will be like, go take a nap. I've got this, you know, just recharge, rest and recharge. Um, Sometimes, you know, kind of back to the fitness thing. Um, I'll go out, uh, join you guys in the gym for a workout. Yeah, Samantha and, uh, gets out there and she pushes and pulls yeah, heavy things too. I do. I like you to do. throw the uh, medicine balls. Yes, that's I, great. Something so about throwing that, them. Just it's kind of like the really physical really version of cur- like cursing. Yeah, you get that same. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Samantha knows what I mean. Everybody's going what? <laughs> um, I,
2: yeah. So, I mean, those are the ones that kind of pop into my head mm. first
1: okay so two things that Samantha said that I, I want to really highlight and that is case she so for her running mm-hmm. and, and Samantha likes to run so th- that's twofold she's moving she's getting physical one of the best things you can do you one of the best absolute best things you can do to help manage your stress and bring it down is to move. Like if, you know, there's been times and I do, I like to work out. I love to exercise fitness and, and regular exercise has never been something I've had to force myself to do because I've always liked it. But there are days that I'm in the office and I'm, whether it's writer's block or I'm struggling with my pretty links or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to get up and go outside and walk around the building. Mm-hmm. And it just clear, it takes me out of that environment where I've got all that anxiety and stress. It gets me out of that environment. And like you said, helps get you breathing, slows the breathing down, brings the anxiety level down, helps with that. And you also said that sometimes it doesn't matter if you're running, the running may turn into a walk and chances are, if we could get inside your head, when you started running, there was a lot of like that,
2: you know, yeah. this is
1: going. And then by the time you get to the walk, the, the physical slowdown has probably mirrored the uh, mental, emotional, oh, psychological absolutely. slowdown. So mm-hmm. it just transfers. So that's, a, I'm glad you said that because uh, you said that beautifully. Now, the other point is when you mentioned your husband is really good at picking up on signals and ladies and men, this is where I really, 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 really want to encourage you to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. have a com- have that awkward conversation husbands ask questions women just be honest with your answers because if you have a partner a husband a spouse so i in new zealand we always say partner and Canada it's mm-hmm. husband wife i notice a lot the u.s spouse but if you are, if your husband is able to pick up on just going without having to ask you just go because when you're already ready to Tear somebody to shreds <laughs> when they say, Are you angry? That's just kind of like uh-huh. tips it, right? That tips oh, yeah. the scale. But if they're able to pick up on those little keys and just go, Why don't you go? Why don't you go for your run? Or why don't you, you know, why don't you have a bath? Or, you know, why don't you go outside? Mm-hmm. I'm, I got this. That is huge because that instantly takes an element of intensity out of that anxiety and stress. But men are helplessly left not knowing if you don't have the conversation if they're not I mean you, we can't expect them to just look at us and know right men like to know and sometimes you just got to tell them and you know I, I'm, I'm willing to bet ladies that <clears throat> Almost 100% of men out there will hear you and go, okay, because they don't want to stand there feeling like they're the problem or like mm-hmm. they did something and trying to figure it out. And they don't want right. to feel like they did something wrong and letting them know that this is not something you need to fix. But when I start doing this, that's a really good cue that I need my own space. Right. <laughs> yes. So Absolutely. your stress management is huge. So you have to be able to, ide- a couple things on top was like identifying your triggers. Mm-hmm. Because if you know, like if you have triggers that you know are your triggers, A, either remove them. But if sometimes we can't remove our triggers, like you know, we can't get neighbors to move and <laughs> things like that. That's an extreme example, but right. If you if you have a known trigger, something that you sets you off, or all of a sudden takes you from zero to like seventy five very quickly, you need to have some kind of plan of action, something that you know you can do to alleviate some of that. All right. So a ways to kind of better cope when those triggers present, if you can't remove them or avoid them. And also knowing what it is that helps you calm down, you running, which turns into walking Mm -hmm. sometimes. Okay. Knowing that because um, you, you don't have to stand there and think about, well, what, what do I, what am I going to do now? You just put on your shoes and you go and you do that.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast. If you find our show helpful in any way, Please let us know by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Your review will help us reach more listeners and continue to change lives. Let's get back to the show.
1: With stress too. I mean, some days there's more stress. Some days there's there's less stress. But if you have, I call them like these me moments. So maybe you run a couple times a week or... Maybe, you know, you go to yoga or I go for like, I do a lot of biking, love that. And if you, if a, if you know, ladies, if you can fit that into your, I'm talking really about exercise, maybe it's reading a book, maybe it's knitting, maybe you like to make candles. I don't Mm -hmm. know, something that you enjoy that makes you feel calm. If you actually can sit down with a blank calendar sheet right after this podcast and write in on certain days, start with twice a week you know, start with twice a week, where do you have 15 minutes twice a week to spend doing those and not, not because I think I'm going to get stressed Monday at nine o'clock. So at 10 Mm -hmm. o'clock, just twice a week on those down times when you have 15 minutes, things that you can do that you can enjoy. That's actually going to help overall with managing stress Mm -hmm. because you're actually taking time out of your life to do something that you enjoy, whether you're stressed at that moment or not, it is going to have an impact.
2: Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Those are great great tools. Um okay, so for the people who may be in menopause, what can they do to kind of help with the symptoms that they're currently mm. dealing with? Okay. Yeah, good
1: good point because once you're in it, you're in it. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're in the boat and there you are. <laughs> and again, some some of you ladies out there, you're going to go, you, you know, you're going to go through your perimenopause and menopause and it's going to, it's not, you're going to notice changes, but you're going to feel like, yeah, some days may be worse than others. And some other, some other ladies may find, you know, where are the handles on the room? Because I <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> this is, this is out of control. Um, when you're in menopause, again, keeping up with, it's really good to have a plan. And that's why, you know. Doing things now to sort of establish a pattern of behavior that supports, you know, healthy living, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: eating well, most 80, 20, eating well, 80% of the time, the 20% of the time that you kind of let the, let the rails down and have fun and enjoy yourself, maybe indulge a little bit, aren't going to have as big an impact. Um, it, It, you know, it doesn't mean not paying attention, but doing, doing some of the things we mentioned, as far as nutrition and uh, regular exercise and managing your stress, start doing those things now and keep those things up. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Talk with your doctor, stay in open communication with your doctor, because there's nothing saying that at some point during menopause, something else might come along that is really extreme or that you just, you find that you are really struggling with it. And it's okay. It's okay to struggle with something. It's not okay to not ask for help particularly. And I do want to address this when it comes to depression -hmm. Mood swings and low, you know, getting into funks, okay, that can happen. Um, and uh sometimes we can get ourselves out of that. Sometimes just being around people that like friends and and doing something we like can get us out of it. But if you find that those mood swings are turning into a a depression that you just you don't want to get out of bed in the morning, you're just really, it's really interfering with your life as far as living. You need to seek out help for people that can help you with this because one thing you need to know is that hormones are influencing this are influencing this. You're not going crazy. You're not doing something wrong (coughs) and go talk to a doctor because your doctor is, um, one of the best people as far as resources for other professionals that can help you with things like that. But don't, brush it off as I'm in menopause. I'm not, I'm just kind of, I'm crazy. The crazy menopause lady. No, you're not. You're going, you know, you're in menopause. Your hormones are all over the place and you might need a little more help than just eating well and exercise. You might need some extra help and and someone to talk to who is very well educated in menopause and what the impact can be. Sure. Communicate with your husband. Communicate with your family. Let them know this is what's happening. And there might be moments that mommy is woohoo, a little cra- or a little more intense. Or there might be a moment when mom says, "Talk to your father," and you should just do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and I have I have some notes here, and I have find your tribe. Now, women, we all need a tribe. We need a tribe of other women because we understand one another. Mm-hmm. And we can, even if we're not experiencing the exact same thing as a girlfriend or a wife, uh, a mother, a sister, a cousin, we can have empathy in a way that sometimes men can't only because they just, they, 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 they don't know. They're never going to experience being pregnant. They're never going to experience having, you know, having a baby. <laughs> Poor Samantha. She's doing this podcast and she's got That's a cold. <laughs> so- <clears throat> Find your tribe and that's other women who can be supportive and and be that network for you when you need it. Uh, Your tribe could also be like, you know, a really good doctor. Tribe can also be, maybe you do decide to get a trainer or somebody or you hook up with a friend and you're now workout buddies or you're running buddies or biking buddies, but surround yourself with other women that get it, that understand. And when you're having those days that you're just kind of like, Oh my gosh, I just, I don't know if I can do another day of this, or I just ugh, angry at the world. They can step in and go, come on. Because when they're having their day, that is when you are going to step in and give them the same. So find your tribe and surround yourself with those women. All right. Big thing you can do.
2: Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, Okay. So you mentioned talking to a doctor. Yeah. Um, You know, if, you're kind of going through some some rough patches with that. Um, you you mentioned um, HRT hormone replacement therapy. Yes. So, does that help? Is it a wise decision? He okay. I'm 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 glad you brought that up because I'm
1: going to be very honest with you. Even with my background, I can remember having a conversation who, a long, long time ago, probably like 10 years or ago, so ago, and I don't know who I was talking to, but we are talking about women's issue, women's health, and something about HRT came up, and I was adamant. Nope, never, ever, bad idea, bad idea. My opinions changed, mm-hmm. and hormone replacement therapy has also come a long way. I also think that there was a lot of misinformation out there because, you know, he, a lot of us still even like women of my age or, or my mother's age can hear HRT and we see, we envision women with beards and mustaches and all these mm-hmm, other things right? happening. But here's the deal with HRT. Okay. Going back to if you're a woman who really wants to do things, we'll call it the natural way. I applaud that. That's great. I also applaud the ability to recognize when it's just not enough or not working well enough because nobody deserves to be living day-to-day feeling miserable. Mm -hmm. And menopause does not equate to living miserably. Menopause means your body's going through a transition. (coughs) These hormones are all over the bloody place. You know, you're all over the place sometimes, and there's a lot of things we can do to have a better experience. And for some women, HRT is going to be their lifeline. And there is nothing shameful about that. Um, If a woman is really struggling, and again, this is, you've got to be open with your doctor. Because I, you know, women, we're like, we always want everybody else to like, own up. Like, are you sick? How are you feeling? Tell me the truth, you know. But yet we'll kind of like, I'm fine. I can handle it. I'm good. You know, go home, (laughs) you know, cry in a puddle of tears because you feel lousy. Um, This is not a point in time to sort of like play the strong card and just suffer, Sure. Something you've got to be completely open and honest with your doctor. If things are not working, he needs to know Mm -hmm. because he may suggest HRT. And if he suggests HRT, have an open mind about it and listen to everything he has to say. Because again, HRT, um, HRT is designed to give you as low a dose as possible for as short a time as possible. So it's not like you have to go in there and it's going to be these these really ridiculous amounts of hormones that you're getting and you're going to be on there for the rest of your life. No, the idea is to give you a small dose, like a very low dose as as possible. If it needs to be increased, it will be, but if it doesn't, great. And for the shortest amount of time. So basically once you start, there's also a weaning off process that comes Mm -hmm. into play to get, just get you through the worst of times now it may also you may also hear it called mht so menopause hormone therapy um as well as ert estrogen replacement therapy and it's a, you know you can get it in two basic forms so et is just an estrogen only therapy and it's most often prescribed to women who've had a hysterectomy so we have to consider that a lot of our like um, like ovaries and a lot of organs produce hormones okay mm-hmm. so you know if a woman's had a hysterectomy Okay, she's obviously lacking certain organs that she had when she was younger, so that's going to influence what type of hormone therapy is suggested to her if it is. Now, EPT is combined estrogen with progesterone, and that's typically prescribed to women who still have their uterus, okay? Mm. Um, and that, that because that gives them a little bit of protection from uterine cancer, because if you still have a, a uterus, well, that's doesn't mean your textbook and that's what's going to happen, but it's just added protection against that. Sure. Um, so, and it can be taken different ways. There's oral tab- tablets, gosh, I can't talk today, mm-hmm. transdermal patches, gels, sprays, injection. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways to use HRT and it's not a bad thing. It's nothing to be embarrassed about or, oh, I couldn't manage menopause on, my, on HRT and I don't want to tell anybody. No, that, that's not the case at all. You have to do what's going to help you get through this the best right. possible way. And it doesn't mean you're going to have a mustache. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Okay, what other questions should we ask? Well, what should our listeners? Yeah, what do, what else do our
1: listeners need to know? Right. I think we covered a lot of the basics. I hope we do more. I'd, or I or I can see us doing some more podcasts in the future on mm-hmm. you know some issues like this and women's issues, and particularly once more of the menopause stuff comes out as I work through it, because like I said, there is some very Exciting new research um, that's going to give a lot of women a lot of hope. Um, I guess my final message would be that again, this is this is a normal a normal phase. It right. may not feel normal, but it's a normal phase. And the fact that you were born female confirms that you are going to experience this phase. Mm-hmm. You're not going to experience it the same exactly as your sister, your cousins, or any other female you know. You're going to have a lot of similarities, but it's go- your experience is going to be unique unto you. The more good you're doing now with respect to lifestyle choices is going to be a major influencing factor when you start to approach perimenopause and then into your menopause, okay? Right. Menopause can definitely come in like a lion, but over the years as you move through that transition – Symptoms will tend to, for the most part, become less frequent, less intense. So by the time you hit post-menopause and it's all said and done, it's kind of like, "Whoo, okay, did that, yay. <laughs> um, and you, you have a lot of choices. Number one choice being, you, again, you can go through it like the roller coaster with no safety bar, no nothing, or on the roller coaster, but having some control and manipulating speed and a lot of things like that. And don't be afraid to reach out for help. Don't be afraid to have the conversation with your husband. He needs to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to tell him because this is the person you share space with 24-7. Right. You guys need to be on a very open communication forum as far as what the heck is going on, you know, and what can I do or not do to support all of this. Um And talk to your doctor, keep those regular checkups, ladies, and find your tribe, find your tribe and surround yourself with other great women who get it because that's going to be on a day when you're just really not feeling a hundred percent, they're going to surround you and and make you go, yeah, I got
2: this. I got this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, awesome. Thank you so much for all the information. Cool. I feel better. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, do we relieve some of your anxiety? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I hope we did that for the rest of you out there. Samantha,
1: thank you for joining me of here course. today thank and just you. having this conversation. Because again, I really I really wanted to have you on board having this, this conversation, doing this podcast. I didn't want you to walk away from it going, oh my gosh, like what? <laughs> you know, so hopefully there's, yeah, there's hope in it um, because there is, because being a woman is amazing. It is being amazing. We get to do a lot of amazing things. And Mm -hmm. um, this doesn't take away from any of that. So... All right. Thank you, Samantha. Thank Always you. a pleasure. I love it. We get to do these fun things that aren't necessarily like, you know, I mean, it's work, but it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Does it? No, no this is no, like, no, we have, no. I've got my coffee. She's mm-hmm. got her her drink there and her drink. Make it sound like you're <laughs> sipping margaritas, <laughs> oh, but boobly, bubbly, whatever <laughs> bubbly. it is. And we're just sitting here chatting True. and it's really wonderful c- to connect this way with you. So thank you very Absolutely. much. I am coach Tanya here with the strong by design podcast. Thank you for joining us. And I will talk to you again soon.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.